0: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 22. Today, I get to interview the incredible Nikki Elledge Brown. Nikki is an educator, a copywriter, a fellow podcaster, and a true inspiration. I am so excited to be talking with Nikki all about writing compelling copy with the girl who knows it best. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Hey Gold Diggers, it's Jenna Kutcher, and today I'm super excited to introduce you to the incredible Nikki Elledge Brown. Nikki is based in Hawaii, so I feel like we're already kindred spirits because I pretend like I'm a Hawaiian, even though I'm more of a vacationer. But she is a communication stylist, a creator, an educator. She also just launched her podcast, The Naptime Empires Podcast, and she is an incredible mom of two. So welcome, Nikki. Thanks, Jenna.
1: Thanks for having me. You know, oh. I actually just realized and remembered that when I did Pat Flynn's podcast. It yeah. was also the day before he was coming here on vacation. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> Well, I'm this is just, awesome. Yeah, I'm getting the welcome wagon going for y'all like on your way over
0: here over the rainbow. <laughs> well, you're just on our radar, obviously all the time, but it's also hilarious. Everyone needs to know this because Nikki and I have been trying to coordinate our schedules yeah. for what feels like months. And The time zone is like no joke. And so we as women and crazy entrepreneurs, it was so funny. So I'm just so thankful that this conversation is happening and that everyone gets to tune in because I have been dying to hear from you. I have followed you for years. I think I caught wind of you. Were you on Amy Porterfield's podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It was that and that summer. was when I just yeah. fell in love with you. And so tell everyone a little bit about you, who you are, what you do. Of course, we aren't big title people, but I think that just Nikki, the essence of Nikki needs to be shared. Yeah. And
1: it's shifting, you know, lately I'm exploring
0: my essence and what, what it really truly
1: is. But just over the last few years, the recap is I'm almost four years into my business And in a sense, I kind of feel like I'm starting over. I know that I'm not, but I kind of feel like I do. But my background is in communication studies. So my bachelor's and master's degrees both are in the social science of communication, like how and why we communicate the way we do. And so I taught through grad school. I taught after grad school at our local community college and then online facilitating courses because I always loved facilitating those light bulb moments for people. So I knew that even when I moved out to Hawaii, I was like, maybe I'm going to want to get back into the face-to-face classroom one day. Also, part of me was a little entrepreneurial, knowing that whenever we had kiddos, I would want to be able to work from home or at least have that option to make some kind of income from home. So that so that's what drew me to online teaching. And then, yeah, moved out here, ended up eventually working for the National Park Service, which was like a really cool dream job I never dreamt of having. And then when I started my business, just about four years ago, which again, feels weird to say, but <laughs> it's still January. So it's okay to feel weird about and owning 2017. I literally just felt like a knock on my head. Like, Hey, I gave you a gift for connecting and communicating and storytelling. And not everybody has this gift. It does not come naturally to everyone. So are you going to share it in a bigger way? Or are we just going to pretend like we don't notice? And <laughs> So <laughs> I just started to explore what that would look like. And Eventually, I realized, okay, like, originally, I was thinking, do I want to do a mom blog? Do Mm -hmm. I want to because I was writing a blog just for fun called stories from a screensaver. From One day when I was working at the Pearl Harbor Visitor Center, and I took a picture, I was like, seriously, my life is a screensaver. It was just so beautiful out there (laughs) over Pearl Harbor and the Fort Island Bridge and whatever. So I started to write just for fun and for me and for friends. And that's when I was noticing those divine breadcrumbs. And I was like, okay, so do I want to just keep writing stories and sharing them? Do I want to write a book on, like, moms and son communication? Like, I was I was just kind of all over the place. But now I see how it's all swirling together. Ultimately, I decided if I'm going to do a business to start, well, a business needs to make money. And then I went down the rabbit hole of, okay, well, who's going to pay me for communication skills? Entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. definitely need help. And then that's how... Yeah. It was like a really divine and open space. And then I started to think about, well, what makes money? <laughs> yeah. And then it just went down that rabbit hole for like three years. And now I'm just coming out of it.
0: So when you said, cause I love to hear about the evolution of businesses. I feel like I also have just gone through this giant change and i f- I don't feel like the same woman who I was when I started my business. Mm -hmm. And I also don't feel like my goals are the same as when I first started. And so I would love to hear kind of what you're experiencing, because I feel like there are parallels while our stories are so different. I think that we are very connected in that sense. So what's going on with you now? Or what are you feeling pulled to or called to do?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, at the beginning, so I was working part time as the park ranger and then part time facilitating those courses online and neither of those paid very well in terms of mm-hmm. money. You know, I say that they were paychecks of the heart, i.e. not a comment in sight, you know, it was like yeah. literally, you know, $800, sometimes a paycheck or whatever. And I was thankful for it. And yeah. in my mind, we didn't, you know, we didn't need it. Like we could live off of and still save from my husband's income. So that was a blessing to work. Like you don't need the money, right? Like I really yeah. just, I wanted to do that work. So that's why I was doing it. But so when I started my business. I had this idea of, okay, I'm going to give 10% and I had just funded a well when we sold like my first car, a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Mm-hmm. And so we had funded a well and I thought, okay, if the well was $2,100, I was like, okay, what if in my first year of business I made $21,000 and then we could fund a well off of 10% and instead it took mm-hmm. two months, less than two months to make 21000 in revenue, which blew my mm-hmm. freaking mm-hmm. mind wide open. I had no expectations at the beginning. Yeah. But then I had that wild, straight out of the gate, had 90 plus people signed up to work with me within my first two months, like to work with me over that summer. they weren't all working with me in the first two months. But yeah, it just like, I was like, whoa, you know, whoa, what is happening? This is possible. <laughs> Everybody has a money tree. This is amazing. Let's all find our gifts and share them, them with the world. Met? And that's what Utopia will be like. You know, it was like, it was amazing But then, you know, the resistance could finally set in once I slowed down for a little bit and we were going to be traveling a little bit more. And then that's when I started to create my course. And even that was great. But I was just like a roller coaster of up and down. Like I would have a huge launch and then get a lot of attention. And then that would trigger the heck out of a lot of people, which would then trigger Mm -hmm. me and feel like it's not safe to shine. It's not safe to own your success. It's not safe to be, you know, Happy about that. And so there was all kinds of stuff that just kind of bogged me down there in the middle for a little while. And so I felt like I kind of had to step out of it a bit and Mm -hmm. try to automate stuff and kind of take the fun out of it for myself, which obviously, I mean, logically in retrospect, sounds like not a great (laughs) idea. But you know, you just see like what other people are doing. Whereas at the beginning, I was very much about like get the hunch and do the work. And I was in a very inspired place. But then I started to feel like, oh, but this is the path. Like, I'm supposed to do it this way. And then when I would try and I'm like, okay, I have to do it via Facebook ads or I have to try these webinars. And then if it just wasn't working, it's just like I sucked the fun out of my business, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of lost touch. Like, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to be responding to emails. Okay, I'm not supposed to be and you know, it just yep. didn't feel as fun. And so then we had Deacon and Jeremy was still gone a lot. For Deacon's first year and everything, and it just—I was just kind of in a fog for 2016. Like I felt like I was on mute, or Mm -hmm. I had muzzled myself in a way because I didn't know what I wanted to share. I didn't want to be known as just the copy person because even then, copy—it's so valuable—and I fully believe in the value of my course. And I know the last thing people need to be doing is googling 50 ways to write any given page. Right. But it's just still one piece of what I want to share with people, right? So I was just trying to explore, like what is it that I want to share? And that's kind of where I'm coming around with the Time Empires podcast, which is more just about life stuff too. Like, yeah, it's about business, but it's also about life stuff. And now it's coming full circle. Whereas at the beginning, like I said, I was like, do I want to do a mom blog? Do I want to talk about working from home? Do I want to talk about communication? And now I'm like, yeah, it's all of it. It's all. (laughs) I got it it all. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't have to be It doesn't have to be any one thing. It's me, it's my life, it's whatever I feel called to express. And so I'm just trying to take the rules off of it, basically, and see where that goes. I love that.
0: I think that's so incredible. And what I love that you're sharing is, you know, so many of us are so influenced by other people. And I think that we always have this strong desire. And I think also society teaches us. You know, look at what the greats are doing and then, you know, mimic the greats or learn from them. (laughs) Yes. And it's like there are no hidden recipes. There is, yeah. I don't believe there's secrets to anything. Honestly, I think there are smarter and simpler ways to do things, yeah. but I don't think there are secrets. And so it's always so interesting. I love when I can keynote at an event and lead off because when people come, their expectations are so high and everyone feels like they have to walk around pretending like they have it all together and we're leading with our titles. And it's like, guys, like we have this incredible opportunity to actually say like, I don't have it all together and here's how we can help each other. And, you know, and set that expectation that there aren't secrets. You're going to hear a lot of things from a lot of different people. And nowadays we see that more than ever with things like podcasts and webinars and trainings and stuff. And I always worry that people are going to sit down and like, take like crazy notes and be like, I'm going to apply all these things and I'm going to get the same thing. But I think any of us have learned that there is no one way and that you kind of have to figure it out for yourself and listen to your gut a little bit more. Absolutely. I mean, and it's a fine line, right? Because
1: of course, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Like nobody Mm -hmm. needs to reinvent how to send an email or how to set up an opt-in page. Like that kind of stuff is what it is. And sometimes when you like, I like to encourage people, especially when it comes to motherhood, I'm like, holy moly, you're going to get so much unsolicited advice and you will find as many different ways to do something as there are babies, like yeah. not even parents, but babies, like every kid is different. So I'm like, you always have the answer. And yeah, sometimes the answer is to Google it and find yeah. whatever works for you. It's not like all the source of every how to has to be within us. But I really genuinely know that like, especially when I was blowing and going in my first year of business, I was not paying attention to what other people were writing or saying. Like I was in mm-hmm. my lane and it worked and it worked mm-hmm. well and it worked quickly. And so that's what I know is like, if I, I just need to focus on what I'm doing and not worry about how it has to look. And my friend Susan Ferraro says, if you can see the path, it's not your path.
0: And so Ooh, I do feel like,
1: good. yeah. And, and I've had that come up like in readings before, you know, where it's like, okay, if you could see the ladder going all the way up to the sky, mm-hmm. there'd be on the clouds and you wouldn't see all the rungs. And even if you could see all the rungs, they're not all there yet. They're not mm-hmm. all there because free will is at play, you know, and you still have choices to make. You still have forks in the road to decide which way you're going to go. And so that to me is exciting. And that's why I'm choosing to see this path that I'm on, especially with Naptime Empires, because this has been a slow burn for me. Like sometimes I'm pretty spastic in my creative process, but Naptime Empires has been creeping in on me since sometime in 2015, the name just came into my brain. It wasn't like, I want to start a podcast. What's it going to be? It was like yeah. the name that time empires came to me and I'm like, mm, is this a book? Is this a program? Is this <laughs> it a could be both. Yeah. <laughs> so I started whispering about it to people and then I was like, mm-hmm. all right, so it's a conversation. Okay. Well, what makes sense for a conversation? A podcast. Okay. Let me do that. Okay. I have a visual that I want for images so let's go to get photos done while Deacon's still little like my little eye candy I wanted to take pictures while he was still not mobile and so it's like step by step and I feel like it's kind of like The Amazing Race if you've ever seen that show where it's like you get to your next stop and then you get your next clue and so that's where I'm at right now with the podcast it's like all right The podcast is finally out there in iTunes. I'm exercising my consistency muscle like a little baby bicep (laughs) to just keep going. Even though honestly, I haven't even shared, like I haven't even shared the freaking podcast. I don't have a regular practice of like, okay, every time I have a new episode, it's going up on Facebook and Instagram. Like I don't even have a system for that yet. I just have to get it going, which is what I was telling you before we started recording. I'm like, there's not really a launch happening. It's just, it's happening and it's more for me to practice my consistency than anything. But I know that my next clue lies in the feedback somewhere. Like somebody's gonna see it, listen to it, and say something. And it's already happening because the feedback's been amazing so far. But I know that my next clue to whatever comes next is gonna come from this podcast being out into the world and getting feedback on it. So I'm just going by the
0: amazing race scavenger
1: hunt model I, right now.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. And, you know, I felt the same exact thing about when we started our podcast someone the other day interviewed me and they were like, tell me about the launch. And I was like, what launch? Like, Mm -hmm. she's like, did you have like your team behind you? I was like, one, I don't really have a team. I have a person, Caitlin. And two, like, we just had to put it out there. Like there's a time and a place for like strategy and thoughtfulness and like, you know, beautiful images and all the things lined up in a pretty bow. And I felt like especially when you feel actually called to do something and you haven't felt that in a little while, I feel like there is such a sense of urgency, like just put it out there. Like we know nowadays how long we could wait for perfect, you know, like we're not, we're Mm -hmm. not doing that as much anymore. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because it gives people the permission to do the same. And I know when it came to mind, I was like, hung up on the silliest things where I was basically doing everything except for recording. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was like, let me work on the website. Let me yep. make sure the logo looks good. And it's like, no, like just put your head down and do the actual work. Yep.
1: It was the music that got to me. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, but there's so many songs. And blah, blah, blah. But then for the intro, I was like, I know I don't want to have somebody else saying something, but then I was like, buddy, I had this idea. I was like do you want to help me with my podcast? Not like he knows what a podcast is, but he was like, like right now. And so I was like, okay, sure. So we came into my office, like this little love seat in my office and recorded just for fun on a voice memo. And it was the cutest thing. And then later on we did it for real in my studio air quote studio, which is just my closet. Which is funny because somebody the other day was like, what mic are you using? And I told her and she's like, oh, the same one. You must have a really great recording room. I'm like, I'm literally just doing it in my (laughs) tiny little closet and there's clothes everywhere. So it's really insulated.
0: That is amazing. I was recording my first episodes in our car because our dogs love to bark. And I was so worried about like sound quality and all the things. And it was just like, so then when winter came and I'm like, I cannot record in like my car in sub zero weather, but it's just, again, such a beautiful example of done is better than perfect. And like just putting it out into the world. And like you said, I think business in itself is almost a scavenger hunt of like, where's my passion leading me? What am I feeling called to do? What is giving me energy at the moment? Which I think mm-hmm. can shift so frequently. Mm-hmm. And you know, how, how am I feeling? Like how is my health, my mental health, my relationship health, my family health? Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So I would love to talk about, I mean, the term communication stylist and what you offer because... Having hired a copywriter and really learning the art of copy this year it has totally changed my perception and if only I could go back and do some things differently in how I was presenting myself with the world but tell me about like what you do and what that looks like because I think it's such a unique gift that you share with the world Thank you well
1: at the beginning I knew okay i I have mad communication skills and almost 2000 hours of college level teaching experience, teaching communication skills to other people. Mm-hmm. So, and I knew I wanted to help entrepreneurs. So I would literally, in my first, I did some free sessions in March slash April of 2013 before I actually, you know, put up a PayPal link and I, I, Would send them a bullet point list, like, okay, these are all the things I can help you with. So whether it's Mm -hmm. video, public speaking, social media, just, you know, being yourself, which sounds, you know, weird. Why do we need help being ourselves? But we do. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, people wouldn't feel like all of a sudden they're writing an infomercial when they're writing their about pages and such. So that it was just that copy became the thing that everybody was like. I need help writing about myself. I need help writing on my website because I sound like a robot or I sound like a car salesman or whatever. No offense to car salesmen. I come from a long line of them, actually. I'm like a, like one of my great great grandfathers actually sold mules before cars existed. Oh <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with that. But anyway, but people were obviously struggling with their writing. So that's what I ended up starting helping people with. And it was clear that the about page was their number one focus, but I would just do one-on-one sessions with people where we would hop into a Google doc together. And I'd be like, all right, Jenna, so give me the scoop. And I, of course I would have questions. I'd ask them ahead of time, but again, they're writing those answers. So I wanted to hear them speak and say, and I'd be like, so tell me about your business. Who do you love to serve? Why do you love to serve them? Blah, blah, blah. So they'd be just spilling and then I would have a, like a secret document open where I'm just writing stuff as they're saying it so that they're not like self-conscious about what they're saying. But I'd be yep. like taking notes. And then I'm like, all right, so what are we going to work on today? Whether it was an about page or a work with me page or a blog post or an email or whatever. And then I would pull in these phrases that they said. And some of them I would, of course, come up with my own stuff. But yeah. so many times they'd be like, oh, that's exactly it. And I'm like, right. And you said it. You yeah. know, like I really <laughs> just you. wanted Yeah. I wanted to help people realize like you are your own best spokesperson. So even if you're going to outsource and hire a copywriter one day, you know, and that's fine. There are super talented copywriters out there, but it's, you're making your job and there's so much harder if you're not really clear on your voice first. And I always say like, even if you are going to hire help with it, you've got to be clear on your own message. Cause if you run into a potential dream client at the grocery store or something, you're not going to be like, Hang on just a second. Let me call my copywriter real quick so that she can tell you what I do. Like, no, you're the boss. You're the CEO. This is your job to be your own best spokesperson, not just in writing, but in spoken communication as well. And that's something I feel really passionate about. And so, anyway, I worked with a bunch of people, 160, in my first eight months. And I noticed patterns in how I was helping them with stuff. And I realized Mm -hmm. the about page recipe, for example, came about because I was – Like I was in a session with someone and we ran out of time, but I wanted to help her with the about page recipe. So I went back and I actually wrote it down for the first time because I had helped like a hundred people that summer and I could just be like, okay, we're going to start with the attention getter, then the reassurance and blah, blah, blah. And I realized it was very similar to the outline that I would give my public speaking students for the introductions to their oral presentations. And it's like, well, yeah, because the about page is literally your introduction, you know, to your site, to your world and all that. And then when I created a course about copy, I was like, all right, so again, it could be a course about communication. It could be a course about blah, blah, blah. But the curriculum designer in me was like, no, I want a very clear objective so that people know they have completed the course successfully. Don't just want it to be like, yeah, I feel better about communicating. So I'm like, how can we do that? Well, write your site. So I'm like, okay, that's the goal. We're going to write your site. And so page by page, I went back through my own pages that I had written for myself and that I had helped other people. And I came up with recipes just step by step, like, okay, you know, accomplish this goal, accomplish that goal, present information in this order. And this is going to help people connect with you and make it easy for them to want to buy from you. And so I just came up with recipes for every page of the site. And that's what, ended up going into a course about copy. And we have all kinds of other stuff in the bonus library. I'm a little out of control with the bonus library, but the core <laughs> of that, the course just adding to it. Yeah, it's bad. I'm, it's I mean it's done. not bad. They love it. Yeah. <laughs> they love it, but for me I'm like I should probably do something else that they can pay me for.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean I love I think that's just also important And it's so funny too, because even teaching photographers, I was going to all of their bio pages and I'm like, these all sound the exact same. Mm -hmm. And it was all things that I just wanted to say, duh, to like, I love Mm -hmm. capturing moments. Well, duh, you're a photographer. Like, right. Tell me about you. And so I absolutely love all of that because I always challenge people like lead off with like, what do you do most days? Because if you're not shooting, which most of us as photographers, are shooting maybe 5% of the time, how are you spending your days? And Mm -hmm. you know, what is something that stands out about you? And so I always tease people like I'm like, I want to help you find your mac and cheese. Like, I am known as the mac and cheese girl. And it has absolutely (laughs) nothing to do with wedding photography. And yet I'm like, nobody could walk down that pasta aisle without thinking of me. And so I think it is so incredible to liberate people to learn how to do that. And also to give them that, sense of ownership of those words, too. I think that's super important because they're going to feel more connected to them, you know? Yes, it's, and you know, people want
1: to roll their eyes at the idea of having any guidance on how to write anything. And I understand that. That's fine. And I, I relate to that. Like, yeah, freedom of expression and creativity. I'm all about it. But at the same time, I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of people to know this is freaking overwhelming. And truly, there are so many other things you should and could be doing with your time at a given moment than analyzing 50 ways to write an about page. 50 ways to write a work with me page. Like it's, it's just not smart. It's not a smart use of your time to be trying to figure this out. And that's why I'm like, yes, let me give you freedom by giving you structure, you know, like the masculine and the feminine, right? Like you have that container and then you can flow and go wild within it. And so it's like having a recipe. I'm not going to tell you what to say. Your words are the magic words. It is your job to help people hear you before they hire you for sure. But if I can just take that anxiety of the blank blinking cursor by giving you like, hey, fill in like paint by numbers of sorts. Like, let's get her attention by letting her know why you're interesting and why you get what she's going through. Then let's present your story and why you love working with her. And then by now, she's curious. How can she work with you? Like, let's Mm -hmm. go through all of these steps. I just feel really like I get obviously fired up about it. (laughs) Even when I'm like, oh, my copy is just one thing, but I do get fired up about it because I'm like, dude, there are so many things you could be doing with your time in your zone of genius right now. Let's just make sure you've got a good storefront that's showcasing the best of what you've got to offer and then carry on, you know, and you can always come back
0: and restart later. It's so important to know how to do that because even if you do choose to hire a copywriter, we only hire help with copies when it comes to launching courses, because there is just so much copy involved with that. But it's so funny, because it's like, goodness, if I hired a copywriter for every blog post, every email, every template, every ad piece, like, I would be in debt, (laughs) like, you know, and so it's so liberating to learn your voice and understand how to use it so that you can communicate clearly. And I mean, you're communicating every single day, like we are putting out more content these days than we ever have ever. And so if you aren't comfortable with what that voice is, or what it sounds like, you're going to constantly be confusing people, or not letting them see like who you actually are. What, what do you think is like one of the biggest things that is like, it makes you cringe, or you see people just struggling with it. And you're like, Oh, if we could just get this under control, it would change everything.
1: I mean, it's deep, but it's just being afraid to show who we really are. You know, I mean, feeling like you have to sound like Jenna to be successful or feeling like you have to sound like Nikki to be successful. It's not true. It's not a thing, you know, and the whole success leaves clues thing like, yeah, that's the wrong way to interpret it. And so when I see people who even in my course, I cringe, especially if somebody's gone through my course and they're still not getting it and they're still like. I don't have swipe copy because I just, I'm not a fan of that. I don't want you to swipe my copy. I want you to write your own. That's the whole point. So, but people obviously can still see examples or they can go to my website and look and see what I have and mm-hmm. I cringe if I see somebody completely missed the point there and they're still Trying to this is the whole point of the communication stylist thing. It's like trying to wear a, a dress that's two sizes too small or four sizes too big. Like it's uncomfortable to look at because other mm-hmm. people will know that is not your dress. Mm-hmm. That is not made for you, <laughs> and you're not going to feel comfortable in it either. You're trying it on, and you're like. Ooh but you're like pulling the skirt down a little bit or you're like trying to make it fit you and flatter you. Like five pairs of (laughs) spanks. Right. Like it's not comfortable and people can pick up on that. So to me, that's my biggest thing where I'm like, Oh no, you are enough just as you are. And so it just, that's the part that gets me the most is when people don't realize that. But again, the thing is like, it's a process and we're all learning, changing, growing, like every day, even throughout the day. Like I was really grouchy this morning. I was owning it. I told my mom, I was like, I can't call you right now. I need to eat breakfast first. I'm really grouchy. And so <laughs> like, you know, your mood and your voice from 9am may be very different at 3pm or whatever. So it's yeah. like, it's not like you're always going to be the same and this consistent, but to me, the biggest compliment. So the flip side of that is the biggest compliment. Whenever I meet people in real life, especially when I meet them like face to face real life, And they're like, Oh my gosh, you're just like I expected you to be, you know, this, you are just like in your videos or in your copy. And that speaks to the power of copy because Mm -hmm. when I had all those clients sign up at the very beginning, I didn't have my website up. I was just communicating via email Mm -hmm. and they would like sign up at, you know, my super plain Jane splash page at the time, but I didn't have any videos up. So people had truly never heard me speak. So over 90 people had signed up to work with me even though they had never seen me on a video. It's amazing. It was because of copy, you know, it was because literally I was writing conversational copy, writing as I would speak to them. And so they felt like they could know, like, and trust me enough to actually send me money through the magic of the internet. You know, that was pretty wild.
0: Can you think of any times in your life? I know, especially when I first started out, I really struggled to stay in my lane. And I remember, especially when it came down to pricing, pricing was always terrifying to me. Like Uh I basically looked at like a totem pole and I'd be like, okay, I'm a little bit better than this person, but I'm definitely not as good as this person. And that was like how I was structuring things, which now i Liberate people with equations that help them figure out what they need to charge. But when I was starting, it was like I had total fear of being called out as a fraud, like I felt like a fraud. And so basically, my goal and objective was just to blend in enough so that nobody could call me out on that. And so that was when I was like, looking at everyone else and just really honestly trying to blend in. And I feel like especially over the last year, I'm like, I am ready to go against the flow. Like I am ready to go against the grain. What does that look like for you? Regarding pricing or going against the? Like when you've had times in your business where you're like, I am looking at other people or I'm just getting too influenced. I need to get back to where I belong.
1: Yeah. It doesn't happen too often, but when it has happened, it's like, okay, if another course on copy comes out, or all of a sudden everybody has an about page recipe. Like I had never seen a template for an about page and maybe I just wasn't looking. And then my reticular activating system was like, okay, now you're, now you're noticing whenever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, every copywriter under the sun has a different, well, I'm the first to say there's no one right way to do it, you know? And I'm all about it. If one of my customers wants to take another copy course, great, sweet. I hope she learns and gets great value from it. You know, like it's okay. So but I still have those moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, seriously, is everything the same? If so, let me just drop this like it's hot and run and do something else and find a new sandbox because I'm over it. You know, it's like it's too saturated and it can easily feel that way. Part of me has wanted to expand and take my efforts. If I actually was putting efforts into promoting a course about copyright right now, which I'm not. But if I was, I'm very curious to explore like real brick and mortar kind of businesses. I mean, obviously like with photographers where you're local and people, to me, it's really interesting to think about photographers in general because people are usually looking and comparing you to another local photographer. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit different than most online business people where it's like, Oh, they found a blog post or something. So they're looking, but they're not planning to meet you in real life. So yeah. I do think your are about pages, especially important as a photographer because people want to know that they're going to enjoy, feel comfortable, have fun with you in their actual session experience. So I think that's interesting to consider. But like, I've just been curious about taking a course about copy to the streets and like brick and mortar businesses of people who traditionally totally underestimate their online presence. And the idea of conversational copy would be radical to them because they're so used to like a Yelp page and a like regular old template. So to have some kind of web presence that really genuinely communicates who they are to them. That would be like so refreshing. And people use the word refreshing a lot when they're describing my, my stuff and my work and everything, which I love and appreciate. But I'm like, imagine these people who truly are not in the online bubble at all. And they would feel like so liberated by the idea that they can just be themselves. And that's how they're going to bring the right people in through their doors. So I've played with that idea cause I feel like it could be fun and there's huge opportunities there. But again, I only have so much brain width <laughs> to actually do it.
0: Do you find yourself having so many ideas and not enough time to execute them? Yeah, but I do really trust that the right ones are going to keep circling back with yes. me. Yeah. Did, have so. you read Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic? Yes. I yeah. It's, it. it's so good. I, that really trained me to like think about ideas in such a different way. Cause I think mm-hmm. that I'm also like you, like I have a lot of ideas, but I don't give a lot of them energy because I don't have Mm -hmm. enough energy to give. Mm -hmm. And so I've been able to really find like clarity in the big picture and then seeing how the little pieces can play into that without putting myself in a corner, so to speak. But what does that look like for you, especially as a mom? What does an average day in Nikki Elledge Brown's life look like? It's been interesting,
1: especially the last couple of weeks, because our mm. friends slash sitters, they've had a bug going around their house and I'm super paranoid. And so I'm like, that's cool. We've got this, you know, we'll, we'll be good over here. And so like Deacon is usually awake for a couple hours before his first nap. Bryson is in pre-K. So he goes to okay. school two long days, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday are short days, which is okay. basically like you drop them. And by the time you get home and do anything, it's time <laughs> to go back and make them up. But... <laughs> Anyway, but, yeah, I mean, that's our typical day. Like, we wake up, we get ready, I go drop him off at school, we come back, and if it's just me and Deacon, then we're playing or FaceTiming with Texas and talking to my mom, especially lately because I just started the process of buying our first home, and so we've had lots of stuff to do for that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get some work done, especially during his nap. This is why I set this call for 10 o'clock because that's usually the magic hour where it's like whether we have a sitter here or not, that's when I can dive into something for quiet time. And lately, like just this weekend, I decided I was going to, to try to start theming my days, I love which it. is something that I'm just going to play with and do like biz booty, which is my term for the backend admin <laughs> stuff. I on love Monday. So like handle my biz booty on Monday, Tuesday, since it's a long day would be more the creative stuff. So anything like interviews like this, or if I need to record my podcast stuff or actually do show notes, hopefully not like, you know, 12 hours before they need to go live and stuff, <laughs> that'll be Tuesdays. And then Wednesdays, I would love to reserve for my woo and spirit days so that it's like just a little oasis in the middle of the week because it's a short day. Yeah, And then Thursday would be for community and connection. So that's when I have live calls. That's when I would schedule them or like engaging in Facebook groups where I'm a part of, and then catch up and kind of just setting the tone for the next week. And then Friday is family day. Like I usually, I don't schedule anything for Fridays because I like to be able to just hang out with Deacon and do home stuff, which again, now that we're buying a house and we're about to move over the rainbow, there's a lot of like personal family stuff to take care of, but it's just so shockingly easy to let that stuff slide, slide, slide and not do it. So I'm trying to
0: reserve Fridays for fun and family stuff. I think that's awesome. And I definitely have gotten into a mentality of trying to more batch work because Uh I feel like, and I've, you know, I've studied all of this of like the amount of time it takes your brain to like switch from task to task, like how much time we're wasting each day. And I am like the queen of having like 10 million tabs open online and clicking between them all. And I mean like, wait, what was I doing over here? And, you know, just Uh reacclimating myself constantly and it's so funny because even thinking about starting a family, I'm like, I realize that what I'm spending 40 hours a week on, I'm not going to have that. And so it, I always tease <laughs> well, I, just like, have to laugh. I know. Have to laugh. I'm not going to have that at all. And so I'm like, I need to like figure out how to be the most efficient with my time. And even in preparing for vacation, like taking mm-hmm. a full month off, that's working an entire 30 days in advance. And, you know, so it's been such a great challenge of like, how am I spending my days? How am I mapping them out? You know, what is that actually looking like? And am I fulfilling that or like following through on that? Like not watching The Bachelor in the middle of the day or things like that, you know? Well,
1: sometimes you just got to do that, you know? (laughs) And that's what I was going to say. Like you're already amazing and doing so many great things that like, it's very easy to to convince yourself. I'm not going to be ready until. I'm not going to be ready until. And wh- whether you're talking about family planning or whether you're talking about starting a business or launching a course or whatever, right? Like that's always the thing. You're never ready. You just go. It's never mm-hmm. like you know. If I would have waited forever till I was ready or knew how to actually raise a human, you just don't know <laughs> until it's happening. And so, and somehow you're
0: just doing
1: just fine, right? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, all right, sure. Cause I love Denise. Actually, Denise Steffel Thomas is my guest next week on Naptime Empires. And she, I love cause she's like, yeah, having kids has made me an efficient goddess. I'm like, that is so not the truth for me, but that's why I wanted to have this conversation on the podcast. Cause it is different for everybody, for me, like, and I wanted to pick her brain on her baby proofing her business and everything she did to prep for it. Cause in my head last year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be like Denise and I'm going to batch six months of content. And then it's like, oops, Deacon's born. And I have no email to write next week. (laughs) Oh, well it's fine. You know, like it's just, it's fine. And it has been fine and it always is fine. You know? So that's the thing we just always have to remember. And I think that's part of where my message is going to be going is just, A commitment to contentment Mm -hmm. and just being cool with it, like knowing and and taking good, honest looks at like, how do we want to feel in this role, in that role, in this space, in that space? And then where are we not really feeling like we're showing up how we want to and then make some changes. but at the end of the day, just giving ourselves grace to know that we're human and simple is a good thing. And it's so easy to overcomplicate and mm-hmm. like put so many limits or rules on stuff. We just, we really don't have to. So that's kind of what I'm exploring now. And I can definitely see the need from those who do already have kiddos or who are thinking about having kiddos. And like, let's just lower the bar for a minute Yeah, and just like take a good, honest look. Like, are we actually doing what we want to do? When you were talking about the life stuff and the relationship stuff, it's like, well, you know, I used to be a really well-rounded person. And then last year, I realized that since starting my business, it's like I just became a sharpened pencil. It was like all business, only business. That was all I could talk about or think about or do. You know, it was just like I was swallowed by the Internet for a few years, honestly, is what I feel like. And so that's why I'm like, right, right there's life going on. There are people who are not inside at their laptops, you know, 23 or inside 23 hours a day. I live in Hawaii for Pete's sake. And we're only (laughs) here for a few more months. Like I want to go to the beach just because I have a babysitter doesn't mean I need to be in my office at my desk working. I can actually just go out and do something that's totally for me, you know? So that's the other thing to say, if you wanted to have 40 hours a week to work, you could, even when you have Mm -hmm. little ones, you know, no one can tell you, How to run your naptime empire. And that's my big thing is like there's no one right way to do it. And that's why it's worth it's like a potluck. Basically, that's how I see the podcast is (laughs) it's just like everybody's bringing their best dishes to the table. So everybody lines up and grabs a plate. Skip down the line. If there's something that looks delish, take two helpings. If it's not appealing to you, skip over it, (laughs) you know, and hopefully we'll all be better for sharing.
0: I think that's so great. And one of the things I have to comment on and that I absolutely, that just drew me to you in a totally different way is I absolutely love when you hop on Facebook Live and you are like, you know, no makeup, crazy hair. I mean, like all the things that we all are. And when you yes. see that, and then you look at your reality and you're like, amen, <laughs> like suddenly where you're at or the chaos or the mess or yesterday's yoga pants don't look so disastrous. And right. I think that, you know, you and I, we love to be like permission givers in the sense of saying like, Hey, like if, if you're just showing up, like come as you are, like show mm. up, vulnerability, crap, excitement, joy, you know, success, whatever that looks like. And so I really, when I started seeing that, I think when I finally like added you as a friend on Facebook and I was like, she doesn't even know who I am, but I'm going to add her anyways. And I started seeing those pieces of you. It brought together this whole new picture and I adore it. Like, I just love it so much.
1: Well, thank you. And that's another big thing I'm, I'm realizing lately too, is like, it's almost easier to share I mean, I do think it is easier to share the crazy, like I did a Facebook live, maybe the one you're talking about where I was like, I'm not even going to fix my hair before I push live. I'm just going to do this and everyone can see what my hair looks like at 10 a.m. without touching it since I went to bed last night. And it's almost easier to do those kind of vulnerable posts than it is to be like, hey, I just realized that I made over a million dollars in under three and a half years and Mm -hmm. I used to make $14 an hour. You know, Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to share. I feel like it's easier for most of us to share. That, like, super humble human stuff than it is to share when we're owning our divine power. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something I want to explore more because it's like, why would I post selfies when I was pregnant and having a really great hair day, but I'm not pregnant? And now I would feel like, oh, no, I can't. I can't post a selfie just because I have red lip gloss on and I have really fabulous hair today, you know? And so I think that's interesting too, but really authenticity is owning all of us and owning all of that, the good, the bad, the ugly, and knowing that like, even if you're going to trigger other people that you may be triggering their growth and that's not for you, that's not for you to own, that's their journey, their path, you know? And I'm thankful for the people who, like I have friends who just last night, they had crossed over the million dollar mark for their launch. And I'm like, Holy crap. This is so amazing. Like I have chills just thinking about it. Cause I'm like, I've never been this close to a million dollar launch. Do you realize how huge this is for me? Let's make yes. it all about me. Yes. <laughs> in my, in my shower last night, I was like, really, do they realize how inspiring this is and how mm-hmm. huge of a deal this is, you know? And so anyway, I just feel like adding that in, like, yes, it's good. And it's important to share the messy stuff, but it's also safe to share the glorious, beautiful, amazing stuff too.
0: Amen. And I think that's such a delicate balance that doesn't need to be all that delicate. Like we yeah. have been told that it's this like fine line of like bragging or oversharing versus whatever. And it's like, here's the thing. Like we hit a million dollars last year and I've shared that on the podcast because it shows people the potential. It shows mm-hmm. that like, this is real. Like, like you can do this and I never, I've never, I've always been an open book. I've never been worried about oversharing. I think that there is a time and a place and a way to share things. And what is your motive in sharing it? But at the same point, I'm like, I, especially as someone who has been a student, I feel like if you're truly going to learn from somebody, you need to learn from somebody who's not hiding things. Like, you know, like putting out like, here's a great stuff and here's a bad stuff. And and all of this stuff makes up this incredible creative, beautiful journey that is not always on a straight path. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. you know, it's like, oh my goodness. And so, yeah, I think too, the exciting thing about podcasting is that it gives you that platform to do that in a way that makes you know people will like message me like I was nodding along with you or like I was talking back to you and wondering why you weren't responding and then I realized there's a podcast and you're like this is so great because it just gives another aspect of the humanness to it and guess what we can record these suckers in our pjs and that's awesome too (laughs) yep exactly and yeah that's
1: true I mean It's all a journey that, and that's what makes it interesting, right? So I'm like, okay, great. Yes, I've had some really lovely, amazing, profitable years in business, but then right now I'm truly, I really, truly feel like I'm starting, which is the weirdest timing, right? Cause I'm about to be primary breadwinner and we're buying our first house. And Mm -hmm. thankfully we have been very responsible and we have a whole lot in savings and whatever. But I'm like, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't have a revenue plan right now, which would make certain friends and friend tours of mine cringe to be admitting that. But I'm like, I know how to make money. Like, I know I can. I know. I know. But for me, it's really important to make it in a way that's going to be exciting to me for a sustainable, like, amount of the future and scalable as well. So, like, that's why I'm super committed to the whole cocoon and just really the introspection phase right now because I'm like, whatever I'm building next, it's going to be super aligned because I don't want to feel like I'm putting myself into a box or painting myself into a corner. And that's why I kind of feel like it's exciting. It's just a good step. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Exactly, it's exciting and terrifying, but that's kind of the best stuff. <laughs> yeah that's like where we make our best stuff too do you Do you feel any sense of pressure right now, or are you feeling and embracing as much freedom as you can? both so I
1: chose my word of the year as space, yep, and I have some huge opportunities coming up this year that I'm like <laughs> i I just like last year we traveled a lot unusually. We travel a lot, a lot, like Vegas, D.C., Orlando. I went to Toronto for the day. Like Normally, we're just Houston and Honolulu, Houston and Honolulu Mm. on that hamster wheel. And I knew this year I didn't want to travel as much, and I also knew we'd be moving over the summer and everything. But I'm going to be going to Necker Island, for Pete's sake, like in October. I don't even know where that is. Where is that? It's Richard Branson's private island. What? Stop. I know. That's amazing. I know. I know. I will bring you some cooties back. Seriously. But um, it's like, this is a huge, this is a huge thing. And so anyway, all this was just bringing up a lot of stuff and it's like, okay, how much is my, do I deserve versus my worth? Is it attached to my income right now at this moment? Blah, blah, blah. And so I've just been going through a lot of like what I want and what I do feel like I deserve. And it's not that this is another thing, just the word deserve can trigger a lot of people. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, I don't feel like I deserve something any more or any less than anybody else. Yeah, Or at least that's the goal, right? Is yep. to feel like you don't deserve anything more or less than someone else. It's just, you want to be comfortable knowing that you want what you want, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like my self-worth has gotten so mixed up into my revenue Mm -hmm. over the last, like, you know, and that, like I said, that was not at all where I thought I would be. When I started my business, I had no expectations, but then all of a sudden I saw my potential realized and I was like, Oh shoot, I can make a lot of money in a really short amount of time doing something that comes really naturally to me. So then I set these really high expectations for myself and that's what sucked the fun right out of it. Cause then I felt like I had to do this or I had to get this result or it wasn't a success, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to like decondition myself and give myself space because my default mode is to be like, no, I need to make money because I need to have this trip paid right now. And it needs to all look really nice on this balance sheet or whatever. And instead I'm just trying to protect my creativity. Like I see these little secret service Nikki's that are like, excuse me, (laughs) ma'am, Mrs. Brown needs her creative (laughs) space right now. Like she's really... (laughs) She's in the zone, so you're just going to have to back back for a second and give her some space while she figures out what she's going to create next. Because I really do feel like I do just have to protect because I do feel like it's going to be really special, whatever it is. And not to put pressure on it either because I loved that in Liz Gilbert's book where she's like, please don't call your work your baby or then you're going to be so freaking attached to it. So it's just it's kind of that. It's just a dance of like untangling my self-worth from my revenue, but still being open to like really cool game changing next level experiences and mm-hmm. and connections and people coming out of the woodwork and stuff. I don't know. I'm just it's interesting right now. It feels like everything's up in the air and and I feel like in
0: 2018
1: it's going to be like, "Uh-huh, yeah, that's exactly what it needed to be to get me to this point, you
0: know?" That's really cool. It's funny because I remember the first time we had a six-figure launch, and I remember that day I was in the shower and I was standing there and I was like, "I'm supposed to feel different." But I don't, <laughs> you know, like it was like that elusive carrot being mm-hmm. dangled and I reached it and it actually didn't taste any different than any other carrot, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it was just such a wake up call for me because I think that as human beings, we're programmed to not be content because our content shouldn't come on this earth. Like, you know, this isn't where we belong in, in my head. And, and so I feel like we're never fully content because we're finding it in other places. But I, I totally agree with you. I struggled so much with numbers, like numbers became this like crutch in my life. That was Mm -hmm. the thermometer of my success. And that was, you know, I would constantly be tracking things and looking at numbers. And finally, I just said, like, enough, like, (laughs) this isn't making anything better. This isn't bringing any more joy. This isn't giving your team worth like, and it was so incredible, because we just had a launch. And it was I think the least profitable launch I've ever had it was still incredibly profitable, but yeah. I had the most fun with it. Mm-hmm. I felt so relaxed. My team like enjoyed like we were all just like this is what it is. This is what yeah. it's supposed to be. Like the right people are in here, and it just was this like life giving experience. Where I was like where did I get off track? Like, how did I get sucked in? And it's just so stinking easy to do that, especially when it comes down to numbers. It is so
1: easy and money is great. And money buys so many choices and it it can be absolutely a beautiful thing. But to me, again, the message that keeps getting reflected back to me when these opportunities come up and invitations to certain events or for just little one-off opportunities and stuff, and it has nothing to do with the money I'm making right now. And it's like, how many times Nikki, do you need God to knock you on the head? Or how many other people does he need to send to deliver this message to you <laughs> that you are not your revenue? Yeah. You know, but I, but I love it. I keep, I'm like, keep sending them because they're great. And it's really helping. I'm almost there. I almost believe it, you know, because yeah. it's like so many opportunities where it's truly in the feedback that people give, they're reflecting back to me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you have no idea like you might even be making more money than like people who are like oh my gosh I look up to you so much and I'm like right okay cool this has nothing to do with the money right now and that's cool and affirming and it's just it is it's about the power of connection and showing up as you are. That to me is the number one thing that people are valuing in me right now at the moment, which is a beautiful reflection of what I need to value in myself. Cause that's something that can't be taken away from me. It's not dependent on anyone else. It's about mm-hmm. like my heart and how I'm showing up in the world. And so I just want to lean more into
0: that version of myself it, as opposed to the one who's obsessive about revenue
1: exactly. and the revenue will come.
0: I know that yep. it will. And I think too, in doing that, you give other people the permission to do the same. And I think that's, Where the power comes. Yeah. So where can everybody find you? Because I want them to find you. And I, you guys, Nikki's site is so great. One of the things that I think I really appreciate about you is your, I love the fun that you have with your photos. Like I just think it's awesome. And I, and I get to see both versions of you and, and they're both you. Like, and so Um. I, I really love that because I think to, so many times people will be like, Oh, the, like the styled stuff like that's not reflective, but it's, it's where we draw inspiration. Like you, you inspire people with that. And I, I adore what you do with your imagery. I just think it is absolutely brilliant. I can see your work from miles away and know it's you. And that's, I think, so powerful. So where can everybody find you so that they can see what I'm talking about?
1: Well, thank you so much. Yes, that all of my images and stuff, that has been a really fun creative partnership with my friend Sarah on Como over the years. And I remember being super paranoid about it at the beginning because I'm like, well, I'm not wearing this outfit or my hair like this when I'm at the grocery store. Is this going to be inauthentic? But as soon as this Site went live everybody was like oh it's so fun because again it's a caricature it's yeah. obvious that this is not like oh this is how I show up although I do legit have naptime empires photos where again it's another caricature where it's like mm-hmm. no bra pajama pants and um, you know bunny slippers and stuff so we have a lot of fun with that but yeah, you can find me at nikkeelagebrown dot com. If you misspell it, Google will correct you. And then of course <laughs> NaptimeEmpires.com dot com for all things related to the podcast. And then a course about copy dot com is where I will have whatever the free training is at the moment that I've got yes. going for a course about copy. And I'm I'm actually going to be revamping all of that this month in February, just giving it a makeover because literally three years ago yesterday at the time we're recording this, my first video went live for a course about mm-hmm. copy for my yes. first launch. And so it's time to I just want to I kind of want to connect them all because I feel like they're a little disjointed right now. So I want to just create like a choose your own adventure based on what people want and need, whether it's that backlot tour, like behind the scenes of how I'm building my business or it's the communication and copy training or the naptime empire stuff.
0: I just want to create an experience that's fun and that I'm excited to share with people. That is awesome. And I'm a huge fan of Choose Your Own Adventures. We have one on my website too because Oh, you do. You, yeah. It well, because I serve wedding clients, education clients, and then people that just want to check it out. So I totally love it. I ask questions like what kind of mac and cheese noodle would you be? So what kind of mac and cheese shaped noodle would you be if you could be one? I would definitely be the spirally one, the curly one. I like that yes. one. I like the shells lately, but I feel like I'm like round and comforting. So maybe
1: that's... <laughs> well, so see, and different. this is the other thing. I'm even letting my curls come back after years of, like, relaxing them and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I'm letting my curls come back. I'm just letting...
0: All I'm natural. Yeah,
1: baby. Yeah. So oh my gosh. Well, the curly noodles.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for being on. I am just so honored that you took some time today to share with us. And everyone, please just go check out Nikki's podcast, Naptime Empires. It is... First off, you just have to listen to the intro. If you don't listen to anything else, whatever. (laughs) But it is the cutest, sweetest intro ever. But this girl is just serving up some really awesome stuff. It's been so inspiring to me. And I swear you will feel like you're her best friend when you listen. And I think that that is one of the biggest gifts that somebody can give the world. So thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, hopefully, maybe I'll see you in Hawaii.